This, this, this is Jolly Rogers and Touchdown with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. With that said, guys, we're going to get into a little bit of off-season conversation because it's officially the off-season. And the first thing that came to everybody's mind when this game wrapped up in the poor fashion in which it did was all of the GM hats that fans love to wear, that media loves to wear, that everyone loves to wear. That's kind of the we do. in We know better. We know better as the media. Exactly. We I will say that. I got a kick out of this. <laughs> so yesterday I tweeted, all right, Bucks fans, what offseason moves do you want to see? Keep it classy because we're not here to mentally attack anybody. We're not here to take things too far, but we are here to voice our opinions. James and I will give uh, one key offseason move each, and then I will dive into a lot of you guys' um, great, classy, respectful responses and uh, – I'm excited to see where this offseason goes. James, what yeah, is your yeah. first thing that comes to mind for this offseason movement? The first thing that comes to mind for me, Casey, obvious, besides the obvious elephant in the room, which we will get to, <laughs> of, of what the Buccaneers have to decide what to do with their best player, um, you kind of hit on it a little bit. And I'm looking at kind of the trenches. Um, and I wish we had our girl Carmen on here, the queen of the trenches, because I'm, I'm sure she could. I know. I know. I'm sure she could empathize with me with this point. But how, how do you? you help a struggling defensive secondary how do you help a struggling offense and a quarterback who's struggling to get the ball down the field is show up your line and that's two things that the buccaneers in their super bowl run had the best of the best offensive line and probably right. the best defensive line when it came to came to run stopping and containing the quarterback and it's things we didn't see this year a little bit was due to injury and that's on the offensive end but on the defensive end i just think it was we, we lost pieces and we didn't gain what we lost, right? We lost a guy like JPP who I think, you know, you kind of, you kind of realize how much you had now that he's gone. And then when Shaq Barrett goes down, you lost like the technicality on that edge. And you talked mm -hmm. about so greatly how JTS is so athletic and he can disrupt and he can go everywhere. But when it's time to play sound DN football and secure the edge and eat up a block, and turn people back inside your defense. That's not something JTS was doing or calling a sib or Anthony Nelson. And in the third quarter, that's when you saw Tony Pollard kind of get off, right? You saw him yep. get the edges. You saw him break off these big runs. And it's because we don't have, we didn't have that DN to kind of set the edge and turn them back in loose. And I kind of want to see that from the pass rushing standpoint as well. As you look at Shaq Barrett, the last two years, you have one year where he was a pro bowler. And then you have the next year where he's three sacks off the NFL sack record. And we hadn't, right. we hadn't seen that. We hadn't seen the Buccaneers really make life tough for opposing quarterbacks in a pass rush like that. I want to see us get back to that, whether that's in the draft, whether that's going and getting someone, one of these uh, veteran pass rushers. I don't have like a name off the top of my head, but doing that. And then the offensive line, like I, if you want to bring Tom Brady back, if you want to bring another quarterback back here, let's not make it. So he doesn't, he doesn't feel like he can't hold the ball past two seconds in the pocket. Right. Mm -hmm. And we talked a lot about why we were so frustrated not seeing the offense push the ball down the field. I don't think Tom Brady had confidence in his offensive line and in his team to hold protection enough for him to look down the field, for them, for him to allow these routes to develop, to hit Mike Evans 30, 40 yards down the field. I got to have four or five seconds in the pocket to be able to do it. And there were times where, I think he had that, but he didn't feel like he did. 
Like he felt like I'm at three seconds in my head. It's going to break down, get the ball out. Right. Instead of knowing that, hey, I got an offensive line that's going to hold it for this extra half a second to allow Mike Evans to create that separation so I can hand him down the field. I just, you know what I mean? So those two, that's a big splash name is cool. If we go and get, you know, a, a big time, <laughs> a big time cornerback, a big time running, but that's cool. That'll, that'll bring the headlines in and that'll, that'll be great for the podcast. Awesome. I would not, <laughs> I would not be unhappy. I would be happy if the first move made draft offseason, whatever was getting a, a Dominican Sioux replacement, getting a, a Donovan Smith replacement, a JPP, a, Sa- a Shaq Barrett, getting one of those guys back in the trenches. I would love that. Get the mm-hmm. foundation shirt up. We can talk about the special players later. That's what I want to see. Oh, I love that. I don't think you could have un- unraveled that any better than you did. Um, which takes me to basically what you touched on. It's yeah, going to start in the see? trenches. We saw too many issues on offensive line. Um, a lot of health concerns obviously played into it, but just mistakes that took too long to clean up. And I don't think they ever really got cleaned up. Um, I mentioned earlier in the segment here on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns that, you know, you kind of have those first four weeks in the season to roll out the kinks and, you know, see what actually works and see yeah. how people are, are, are digesting their playbook and, you know, adjusting their skill set. We didn't see much of that. Um, we've talked about it here a lot too, about the fact that this team, I personally feel, uh, Kaylee mentioned her feelings on it, that this team lacked a lot of accountability that mm-hmm. works against you in terms of developing and making those changes in practice to apply on the field when it matters. It was just pulling teeth to see any sort of accountability and adjustments happen with this team, especially with this offense. So for me, first and foremost, it's this offensive line. I think it was underestimated how effective this team would be without Alan Marpet. That was a huge loss for this, for this, for this O-line. And, you know, while there's been mixed reviews of Kappa, there's certain offensive linemen that play outstanding next to particularly, you know, um, technically sound offensive linemen you have to it's a puzzle the o-line is very much a puzzle and Mm -hmm. i would love to hear carmen's opinion on this obviously because she's brilliant about the trenches but it is a puzzle piece so while not every guy might have this outstanding uh resume in terms of how they function on the offensive line if they have the right puzzle piece next to them that they can confidently say he manages this Mm -hmm. this way which means i can focus on this this way i don't think anyone was able to particularly figure out what their role on that line was yeah it's great to have a versatile quote-unquote versatile line yeah but when you have too many expectations on you when when your assignment is is vague in a sense you can't show up and show out in in your own, like you, you have to still have an identity within. And I think that that was the problem. This offensive line had no identity. So much went out of the, uh, when, when flying to the wind, when Ryan Jensen went out, um, Hainsey, I think did a phenomenal job of stepping up into such a huge role, the way that he had to, and the timeliness that he had to do it in. But still, it was just like we were throwing guys out there and saying, figure it out versus making the puzzles actually click together and making it make sense. So offensive line is going to need a few moves, at least two or three different moves. I'm with um, it. And this whole sitting on our heels being like, well, we've had Wells a part of the program and Clever yeah, no. did a good job. Stop doing the bare minimum. Stop yeah. doing just enough because Go I think somebody. that's where they hurt this team too. Yeah, like we've got all these veterans. So all we need, like – 
no, this is not a, a basic plug and play situation. Yeah. And how do you actually see this player learning from or working with this player? Does it click? Does it make sense? How much time do you think they need? They don't have a whole season to get it together. They've got a couple weeks and the way training camp played out, the way the preseason games played out, you expect it to just be a 360 and how the season's going to play out. I feel like the tone didn't change too much from what happened then. So Casey, for me, you put it line. so beautifully. You put it so beautifully about the puzzle piece. And I think for an offensive line, that's your main worry is how do these these guys play on a string? Like how do these guys play together? It's like yeah, if Ryan Jensen passes off a blocking assignment to his left, he's got to know that this person is going to pick up what I just passed off, not leave yep. a big hole in the middle to go right to our quarterback. And mm-hmm. like it, it, our points play off each other because like they went out and got Julio Jones, name, cool, it is awesome. They went out and got Russell Gage, name, cool, uh, it's great, like it's <laughs> awesome. But we had we lost two offensive linemen and another one went down. We lost a pass mm-hmm. rusher and another one went down. I, I would I would maybe love to see a name that not everyone's too familiar with, but when you check the tape, you're like, wow, he's going to play great next to our offensive line. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, he fits perfectly <laughs> into our defensive scheme. You went on and got Julio Jones just because, like, we I can go say I got Julio Jones. Like, and and, and an already I'm, loaded I'm a victim right of receiver that. room. Yeah, I'm a like, victim of that. I'm a victim. We got Julio Jones. Y'all, you remember how hype I was? Oh, yeah, Julio Jones too. Yeah. yeah. And, but, but in hindsight, it's like, dang. Like, we, like why didn't Julio made – he had a catch and he got the lone touchdown or one of the two touchdown passes. Cool. But, like, in a whole season mm-hmm. of Julio Jones, like, I, I could have done without him. And I'm sure Julio could have done without this situation. I didn't do Julio's niece could have done without it the yes. entire season. Like, and that's nothing against career. Julio Jones. Nothing. Right. But it, it's mm-hmm. that's mainly on the box because Julio's gonna go to a team that wants to sign him. If Tom Brady wants to throw to me, I'm gonna go there. That's more yeah. on the box of not just going and getting the shiny object. Break mm-hmm. sit down, figure out what exactly you need and where you need it, and make that move instead of the move yeah. that's gonna land you on the, the first. A segment of first take. Like I don't, I don't need that move this off season. Make like, it make sense. Make so, it make sense. That I do was have the a question on, this on this, for sure. On on this kind of theme of what, what we should do. Two big questions. One a little less big. One is going to be the biggest question <laughs> we all going to answer. So, and this probably could have went in our team updates, but the the news of the Buccaneers are expected to fire offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich. To be honest, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been surprised if they made the move before we hopped on this morning. We're recording at yeah. Wednesday. At, we started at 9 a.m. I wouldn't have been surprised <laughs> if we heard it already, to be honest, because right. of how much dysfunction, how much butting heads you could see. In your opinion, Casey, before I get to mine, do you think do you think the Bucks will and or should get rid of Byron Leftwich this offseason? They absolutely should. And that's nothing personal against Leftwich. I think Leftwich needs a little bit more mentorship or he needs to go fulfill a head coaching role somewhere else and see what that level of accountability and strategizing actually looks and feels like. You know, I kind of, people are going to probably be mad about this. I somewhat feel a little bit bad for Leftwich because here's the thing. That's not taking away from the fact that he doesn't. Oh, Casey. Wait, it's not taking away from the fact that he has made immense mistakes, immense mistakes, 
all season long. It doesn't take away from the fact that he's put up BS press conferences. It's <laughs> the fact that I think he's one of those people where he's letting his ego sit in the driver's seat. He's gotten this far. He's been a part of head coaching conversations, and he doesn't have the, the humility to say, I am not ready yet. I still have things to learn. I'm going to get back in the learner's seat. I'm going to remove my ego from the situation, and I'm going to figure out a way to actually become a quality OC or a quality head coach. So while I'm obviously naming characteristics that are going to hinder him, of course, as a human, I feel a little sorry for him because he's holding himself back. He's not owning up to the fact that he is not ready for this task. It's a tall task. Being a coach in the NFL, being a coach in any professional capacity is tedious. It's exhausting. It's almost more exhausting than being the actual professional athlete itself because of all the moving pieces mm -hmm. that you have to make sure that you are putting the best interest in. I don't think he's ready. I don't think he's owning that fact. I think he has that mentality of he's come this far. He's in it. You know, it's like people, <laughs> it's like people in different scenarios in life. I always go back to talking crap about relationships with people are like, you know, when you, when the relationship looks toxic, but the people know that it's toxic, but they're like, Oh, well, we don't want to. Yeah, we we the sound we put, of mine to know that they were right that this or was a we put situation. So much, we put so much time into to get to where we are now. Exactly. Like, how do I, like we can't just throw it like we're not gonna break up because we we've done we we put all this right. history. We have a Super Bowl together. We have this together. We have that together. We're not just gonna. This I'm not gonna change now. Right. That just I'm doesn't want to now. give naysayers and haters the you were right light. So. Maybe saying I feel bad for left, which isn't the right approach, but in the no, same bro. sense, I think that he is not ready. And I think that he and Bulls and, and all these guys are too far into this toxic relationship to say the truth, because I'm not going to lie. And I, I want to quickly get to your point too, but some of the quotes from yesterday's presser were just upsetting. Yeah. Todd Bowles to step to the podium yet again and be like, well, I have no assessment of of left which you're not helping him bulls Crap. you're hurting him you are Crap. hindering him you're not having anything for him to reflect on and say oh i actually needed to do x y and z better they keep going up there and blowing smoke up the same situation and it's just it's frustrating so yet again here we are in a in a very unaccountable just underwhelming press conference where you're just like are they going to just keep looking out for each other? Like, is this what we're in for? Is he not going to get rid of Leftwich it's, it's because like not. there's something he knows that we don't know? It's not even like a looking out. It's like a like shielding him. It's like yeah, I, I, don't, I don't want to embarrass him in front of the public, so I'm not going to say my real assessment of him because it's bad. You know what I mean? I don't. I, I'll, I'll leave that behind. It's stupid because no, it's as a as a person, you can step to a podium and say, "Hey." We've had a journey together. We've been through it on this team. I respect the hell out of this human. It just might not be the right fit as we make some changes. How can you step to a podium and say that you're looking to start a rebuild, which rebuilds take a minimum of, what, three years, but you're not going to own up to the fact that he's probably not the best guy for this rebuild? There's a there's a, there's a, there's a nice way to say everything. Yeah, there, These two right say way. nothing. I, it, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if – Bulls and Leftwich don't talk outside of Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. You know what I mean? Like when they go home and when they got their off days, they don't talk. When they're outside of the, the facility, they don't talk. You know what I mean? Off season comes wow. around. They leave in February. I'll see you in August. I'll see you in July. Like I, I don't I don't think there's shooting a, emails. Yeah. I hope updates. this finds you well type stuff. Yeah. Like, like, like it's terrible. Like, like that's what I see. But but here's here is what I see from Leftwich. The he's not ready point 
is perfect. He's not ready. And if, if mm-hmm. Todd, if we saw Todd Bowles first head coaching job go this way, I can't imagine what Byron Leftwich's first head coaching job is gonna look like. So let's not even let's not even bring the brother there. What I saw Todd Bowles do was crash into the bushes when we took the training wheels off. And the training wheel's name was Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians yeah. was the primary play, play call last year. This probably goes both for Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich. Because Bruce Arians was like he was the top and he knew how to command this team. He knew how to get this team to respond. And all Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich had to do was play their coordinator roles. And mm-hmm. Bruce Arians was the head coach. So Todd Bowles didn't have to do a focus on the defense. Bruce Arians was the primary offensive play caller. So Byron Leftwich just had to fill in where he was needed. And that's, I don't want to say just had to, like it's that's an easy job, but you not yeah, do the whole simplifying it. You not do the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. You're you're there to provide the extra expertise on this play drive, etc., to put us over yep. the top to get us successful. When you have to run the show completely, and now it's not Bruce Arians fighting with Tom Brady over who should pl- call the plays, it's me fighting with Tom Brady over who should call the plays, and then I'm going out there and not calling good plays. Like that's you know right. what I mean. So I. I hesitate in saying get rid of them because this was the first year we saw both of them without their training wheels. And there's a part of me that's like, is there no room for improvement anymore in this league? Is there no room for earning your stripes and, and, you know, having a bad season, learning from it and coming back. If this was year two, three, four that we'd seen from these two and there was no, there, there was no improvement. Casey, I'd walk him to the plank myself. I really, really would. I'd I'll right say on. these two things on your point because you're right. Should there be a room for improvement? Sure. It's the fact that these, both of these guys, and this is not with a, with any lack of respect or little respect. I respect anybody that can do anything on a professional level. I True. respect True. the pressure. I respect yeah. the, the, the mentality that this takes. It's tough. And the internal war- warfare of your decisions and outside decisions has got to be complex beyond means. I respect the hell out of both of these guys. But what I will say is I don't think that they get a second chance mm. <laughs> because they lacked a huge thing this entire season. Actually, two, humility and accountability. We saw a lot of coaching issues happen across the league. Those coaches were able to sit on the podium and say, I didn't make the best decision that day. I didn't make the best play call in that moment i didn't manage the clock very well i did not we have not heard leftwich or bowls come to the table and take any sort of direct responsibility or accountability for the lack of direction for this team for the lack of momentum chemistry i mean another thing coach bowls in his press conference he basically said that he didn't feel like this team lacked chemistry They didn't look like a team that's played together for three seasons. And you brought together so many veterans. You put so much money into having veterans. So if it wasn't the fact that they've played together for two, three seasons, it was the fact that they're such an elite veteran that they're just going to click right in. No, no. They have to take accountability for what did not. And you have still yet to hear that. So my second point on this is the fact that if Brady comes back, give him the clean slate. Start the rebuild with a quarterback like Tom Brady and have his direction on things because, you know, you want the insight of somebody who's seeing it from the field perspective, not the sideline perspective. And clearly he did not, not that he didn't work well, but it didn't work out with him 
Leftwich and and Coach Bowles. So yeah. if Tom Brady comes back, I think you know bring somebody else in. Is that does that mean immediately the the, the season's going to change and stuff? No, but I think that that starts the rebuild era with a guy who can at least coach up a quarterback or somebody else that's coming in. They still need to get a quarterback. They showed me that they have no trust or faith in Kyle Trask this season, and I'm over the conversation. Yeah, Sorry, Gator fans. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to. Yeah. About it. I don't want Kyle Trask under center next year. Sorry about it. Like you, if, if I'm wrong about it, I'll I'll, I'll Die on that hill with being wrong about it. I'm cool with being right. wrong about Kyle Trask, but that's not what I want to see. But the Tom Brady point is perfect, Casey, because I think that is one of the biggest components you have to ask yourself about Byron Leftwich is if he comes back, are we confident that he can establish, reestablish that relationship with Tom Brady as a play caller quarterback and, and have it be successful? Because that that's mm-hmm. and and it's tough because I think the two correlate with one another. Like if you bring back Leftwich, do you bring back Brady? If you bring back Brady, do you bring back Leftwich? Like, you know what I mean? It's like as the Buccaneers, you have to decide on which one you'd rather bring back first and then ask yourself, can the other coexist and succeed with the person I want to bring back? If you want to bring back Byron Leftwich, then the secondary question is, is Tom Brady the quarterback? If you want to bring back Tom Brady, then the question is, is Byron Leftwich the head, the, the offensive coordinator? And that's right. That's when I'm happy I'm not a GM because that's not something I even know. I've, I don't know if I have the answer. That I'm not sure. Like, I'm 100% not sure. But I think that can that lends us perfectly into the biggest conversation the Bucks will have, the biggest conversation probably in the league this offseason, again, for the third year in a row. <laughs> Which is, uh, Keep Casey, your I'm emotions tired. in check. Casey, Keep I'm your emotions tired. in check. Casey, I'm tired. We have, I had it when we won the Super Bowl. I had it last year, twice in one offseason. And now I'm having mm-hmm. it again. It's like, what do we do with Tom Brady? Do we bring Tom Brady back? Does he want to come back? What do you think is the future with Tom Brady in the pewter and red? Oh, I hate this question so much right now because I'm glad you're going. I'm glad you're going. (laughs) This is where the truth. This is where I think a big truth will be revealed, because here's the thing. You've already been here for a couple of years. Any athlete that I have talked to, while they want to play the game that they love as long as they possibly and physically can, they prefer to do that with as little change in teams as possible. You know, Uh, it's such an honorary thing to wear the same jersey or sweater for your entire career, let alone maybe two. Mm -hmm. So now we're talking about the one of the greatest to ever do it, the GOAT of football. Does he really want to do another team? Does he really want to? And it's not all, you know, it's not all as simple as, I mean, now people, there's, it's debatable because he came to Tampa Bay, won a Super Bowl year one, but it may not always be that simple. So Mm -hmm. With that said, I think that there's a part of Brady that's like, look, I'm already in Tampa, established, brought TV 12 here, brought business here, became a part of this community, showed a little bit more of myself. It is bigger than football. It is a little bit bigger than football. You're right. It is a little bit bigger than football sometimes. He's a guy who just down there. Yeah. You're right. Exactly. He's just gone through a divorce. So here's the next thing. Now you've got the split time with your kids. Your kids started to get situated here when you guys were still a family. Now this has been second home base, you know, in the midst of all of the turmoil that is separation. Do you really want to reacclimate your kids elsewhere again? Reacclimate yourself somewhere again? You're talking about a 45-year-old who's going to be 46 by the time of this season. And take it from a military <laughs> brat. 
I was always gun ho about the move. Oh, we've got six months in this city. Cool. I'll play this sport for six months. I'll have my bags packed by this month and then let's go. But then by the seventh move, I was just kind of like, all right, guys. Eh. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Can we, can we so settle down somewhere? From, yeah. Exactly. Just from like a bigger perspective of what all goes into these movements for these athletes, for these guys, you know, I, do I personally think Tom wants to do that? No. But do I think that his voice has to be heard and what's going to happen with coaching and what's going to happen with, you know, off season movements and stuff. Cause let's also paint this picture really quick because you said something so key multiple times. This segment, James is stop going for the big names. Stop going for what Please. sounds cool. Sounds fun. Sounds Please. whatever. Because how many teams of, of the Patriots did Brady lead that you learned about? You learned about a white Chris Brady Hogan. created yeah. that. Yeah. Chris yeah. Hogan's a Hogan. perfect example. Yeah. A perfect example. It was Brady. It was the leadership. It was the organization. It was the structure. It was the accountability. Just because the Patriots weren't vocal doesn't mean that there wasn't accountability behind those closed doors. Mm -hmm. Bill Belichick, I promise you, probably has the demeanor of one that says, ah, that wasn't my brightest moment. Let's fix this. You know, that's what makes him one of the yeah, greats. Right, Just because he's not putting it on public display doesn't mean it's not happening. So all that to say that I think the ideal move here is that there's going to be a lot of dead cap space when Brady leaves that this team can't really afford if they're going to make any moves to actually benefit this team in the offseason. That means spending money in the offseason. That means making quality moves in the draft. I think they had kind of a crappy previous draft, to be honest. So in order to really hone in on this rebuild, do it with a familiar quarterback that has a leadership mentality that can help train up guys who can help elevate guys mentally as well. Because anybody that comes within reach of Tom Brady, all of a sudden it wants to do better, live better, be better. So his <laughs> presence plays Brown. a huge role, right? Well, yeah, <laughs> some people are, <laughs> you can't save them all, but yeah. you know, it, it's this, it's the fact that just being the, it's the presence of what Brady is. It's the avoiding the dead cap space. And it's also giving him, a more respectful season. I would love to see Brady come in here and at least win, you know, nine, 10 games. At least eight, win, eight. right? At least win. Right. At least <laughs> win and do it in an, and do it in a less chaotic fashion. There's exciting games. And then there's just like, you know, the roller coaster that we've all been on this the extreme. entire season. Yeah, we, never, extremely... we didn't live in here at all, Casey. We lived in the extreme. Yeah. You know, you saw the Carolina right. game and the, and the, and the Rams game. You're like, there he is. And then you see mm -hmm. pretty much every other the Browns game and all, and you're like, who is that? You know what I mean? We didn't we didn't live in in consistency at all all season. Zero. So, Give him a consistent goodbye, and I'll 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 close out my Tom ahead. Brady point with this because we have to hear yours. Is the fact of I also if I was Brady and wanted to continue playing football and didn't want to have to deal with you know which team, how's it going to go, whatever, whatever, whatever. I would also consider this. Obviously, this off season there was a lot more going on than anybody knew until training camp that yeah. weighs on a human being. Yeah. So having an off season where you're not wondering, yeah. Having an off season where you're not wondering, you know, Hey, is my family going to stay together? Hey, can I save this marriage? Hey, did I make the right decision? Hey, 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 Hey. There was so much internal conflict for Brady and he did the best that he possibly can to, you know, suppress it, minimize it, keep it outside of the field, which is great. It doesn't, didn't work. No, but it's a lot to have going on in your mental when you're trying to focus yeah. ideally on building, you know, having a team function the best way that it needs to function. Yeah. I think having another off season where you can be in full control 
and not have all of these question marks, have a full training camp, have that report on that chemistry. I don't care if you've been in the league for 22, 23, 24 years. Clearly, training that. camp is important you, for a reason. Matters. Because it guess matters. what? These rookies that you're training up, these second years that you're training up, they haven't been in the league forever. They still need that time to get to know you on a personal level. Yeah, and, and for sure. And, like, Tom knows that. This is the first the first OTA he's missed in 21 years. Like, a lot, there are a lot of veterans who don't go to OTAs, who don't go to – um, optional workouts and Brady had been to all of them except this year. So that's what, that's why everyone kind of knew something's, something's wrong. Something's up mm-hmm. with Tom. People thought it was injury and health related. Turns out it was family related. Um, and, and that's where he gets the benefit of the doubt from, from you, from me, from everybody is like, when you look at context, he didn't get a fair shake this year. He didn't like he, he, as a man, as a father, as what was, you know, at that time, still a husband. He had things he had to tend to that were bigger than football. And you and you have yep. to understand him for that. Um, and even when those things kind of, you know, came to the resolution and it, and it wasn't a good one, that's still weighing over his head. Then you have external factors like, I don't want to give him too much time, but like Antonio Brown making life literally hard for you on a day-to-day basis with stuff yep, like before this. every game. And you and you never got to focus. And, and winning an NFL championship, winning a Super Bowl is the hardest, to me, is the hardest championship in sports. It's yeah. it, it's a it's a one loss playoff. You don't get a series to kind of undo it. You have to travel to these cold places and and play at all these different random times. You know what I mean? Like it's hard yeah. to win a Super Bowl. You're not going to do it if you're not 100 percent dialed in. You're just not. Like if you're playing a game at four and you have to worry about going to a a divorce hearing at eight, like you're not like you're just not going to play well. So I am interested to see like my answer to to, to put the quick answer on it. I've I've thought about it for a couple of days, really sad with myself since what I watched on Monday and really had to like gut check myself and be like, do I still like Tom Brady? Cause I'm not really happy with him right now. Like, do I still like him as a player? And I've settled with yes on conditions. And okay. and the condition is, and, and not to hold this to Tom, but mm-hmm. I want Tom back if he can have that clean slate that you said. If I can go into OTAs and to the offseason with, without external factors that are going to take me away from football. Life is not perfect. There's going to be something. But if you have mm-hmm. external factors, Tom, that you know about that are still going to take you away from football – do yourself, do Tampa, do everybody a service and like tend to those fully. Like don't, don't, cause it's not fair to everybody else in that organization. When you are the clear leader of the team, when you're here half the time, when you're dialed in half the time, because the other part of it, of why if Brady comes back on conditions is I only want him to come back. If he can still be that motivator, that leader that we saw bring Chris Hogan to a super bowl and almost had him as a super bowl MVP that could bring Amendola and Wes Welker and Julian Edelman. Like my goodness, listen to the names he brought to super bowls because he was a leader because when he stepped in that locker room and said, we're winning this game, the other 51 people on the other 52 people on that roster was like, you know what? He's right. They're not Mm -hmm. wondering if Tom is right. They're like, yeah, I believe that, so let's go follow him. One of the best things I heard Levante David say the year after they won the Super Bowl was the ultimate confidence that he instilled in the team. Like, when they were down in games and Brady would look at him and be like, guys, we're still winning this game. We should have to do this, that, and the third. The players Mm -hmm. would be like, 
he's right. Let's just go do this, that, and the third. And then they would win the game. I don't yeah. think Brady had that pull this year. And I nope. think that he tried to do it and he just didn't, it didn't have the same effect. Didn't have the same response. He's yelling at his guys on the sideline. You're so much better than how you're playing. But that didn't flip the switch in them and have them say like, you're right. Let's go play the way Tom knows we can play. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and that's hard to motivate players when I was here for a month hurting myself and battling and yeah. you're just not, there's no word from you. No one knows where you are. No, you know what I mean? And then one mm-hmm. day you pop back up and you, and you're, you're trying to like yell at me and put that's I'm a grown man. Like, why do I have to answer? And you don't, I don't like at some point, I don't care if you're Tom Brady. I don't care if you're a three-time MVP and a seven-time champion, a four-time Super Bowl champion. If I'm out here busting my ass in August and September, I need you here with me. Yeah. If, 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 I, I'm, if I'm in three hour long meetings before the season starts, I need you here with me. Mm-hmm. If I'm, if I'm staying late at the, the, the facility and I'm Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, and Russell Gage, like, I don't want Blaine Gabbert throwing to me. Like I want Tom throwing <laughs> to me. I don't want Kyle Trask throwing to me. I want Tom yeah. throwing to me. And when Tom comes back, I, I like, I know me personally, I wouldn't be able to fully listen to you. If I know that like, bro, like you weren't even here, bro. Like you, you weren't mm-hmm. even you weren't even in the trenches with us. So I want Tom back if those things happen. Like if, if that's and I think without external distractions, I'm more confident that it can. Yeah. I think that those like are Tom's great conditions. There, right? Tom's still there. Yeah, he's of still, course. He's still in, he's still in there amongst the, the, the debris. So if we remove mm-hmm. the debris, maybe we see the Tom Brady of 2020 and 2021. Yep. And I think that that's, that's crucial and important because it just, it, it, it restructured the tone. It restructured the camaraderie on this team and whether Todd Bowles was blind or not, I never saw the chemistry this year. I saw players that no longer wanted to have embarrassing performances and really tried to pull through on certain and certain, you know, circumstances, but one person can't do it. Three people can't do it. Not on, you know, not on a football roster. This yeah. isn't another sport where you can put this all on anyone's shoulders in particular. So a lot of great points there. Um, and yeah, fair points, unless he can come back and be focused and be fully submerged as a part of the team, regardless of his age and his tenure and how long he's been in this league. It's just feeling like it's feeling like one of the guys, you know, I've, yeah. I've, I've observed, I've grown up with boys. I've <laughs> been around a lot of male conversations it's always about just being one of the boys. And yeah. I don't think that that, 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 uh, that was set in any way in particular at all this season. I think they were trying to play catch up. And then I think mm-hmm. they were trying to force that chemistry, that camaraderie. And then at some point, I think people got tired of the Tom Brady conversation throughout the season. And some people may have not realized it, but subconsciously they shut down and there yeah. was a lot of individual play and mentality and then they became a team for a second and then the theme overall this team is just inconsistent so it's going to come back to accountability it's going to come back to leadership some quick read-offs of fans that um said what they want to see in the off season um thank you guys again for keeping it classy because we remember everybody's human here pass rusher needed move worse to left tackle or left tackle they said lt and lt <laughs> dynamic yeah. thinker as oc bulls to hand over play calling on d so can can concrete on team as a whole okay thank you for half of that 
English. Uh, Fireballs in left, which draft O-line and D-line and a speedy receiver. Thank you, Logan. Uh, Bulls left, which Donovan Gadecki need to go, re-sign Levante, and everything else will fall into place. Found that one to be interesting because Levante David is in a contract year. There's it a lot is. of guys we'll be keeping a close eye on and be bringing you guys news about here on Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Um, bring in Todd Munkin at OC, swap D. Smith and Wurfs, draft O. Offensive tackle round one, play him in the interior for a short-term, potential long-term uh, right tackle. I want to okay. pause on that one. I want to pause on that one for a little bit, Casey. <laughs> Todd Munkin, that's the name? That's the, that's the, do we, that's do we the remember, name that they threw. Do we remember how we looked when it was Dirk Cutter and Todd Munkin running there? Do we remember? Don't bring Cutter back into this conversation. Like, like I, am, I am flabbergasted that I just heard the name Todd Munkin. Like, like I know it. Hey. <laughs> Buccaneers fans and Jolly Rogers and touchdown fans. I know it don't seem good right now. I know that <laughs> I know that this relationship is hitting a rough patch. Don't run back to your toxic ex just because you're just because it looked dark now. I do, I do not want Todd Munkin. I do not want Dirk Cutter. I'd rather keep what I got than go back to those guys. Like you got to stay forward. Onward we are motion. not going back there. We're not going back. There. Onward motion. The BT, the yeah. PTSD that hit me when you said Cutter. <laughs> yeah, like why do we, why do we want any resemblance to that? Why do we want that? No, 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 no. And I'm so glad that you addressed that right away. <laughs> yeah, no. Let's, 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 let's the next one. Put that one down. Uh, they say bye bye to SMB. Devin White, Julio Hicks, and Lenny. <laughs> they keep Jamal, Jamil Dean somehow. Sorry, guys. Jamil Dean. QB, Trask, one year to show it. If bad, we draft one in 2024. I do not want to see Kyle Trask in the pocket. I'm sorry, guys. They're getting, they're getting, 2023 getting draft, offensive line, pass rusher, wide receiver with speed, cornerback, Inside linebacker, oh, that's a lot. How many dra- <laughs> how many draft picks do we have? Like, where, where we right. them, like we but it's funny because at the end he caught himself and goes, "Oh, that's a lot." Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> Maybe pick one we or two. A little bit more structure and strategy yeah, there, but we like see what you're on to. Um, have the ownership announced? This is the second to last one I'll do. Have the ownership announced that this is the next two that the next two years will be a growth period for the team, which means letting go of some staples. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Love this. This very mature response. That's self-aware. That's self. That's yeah. very self-aware. I. You know this what? Is, and mm, and and picture that's, perfect. That's setting expectations. That's setting an expectation because I I think this is what set, reality looks like. We've set lofty expectations for this team. Maybe it's time to set realized realistic expectations. That's not that's mm-hmm. not saying how well the team is going to do wins or loss wise. That's just letting right. everybody know that when you see growing pains, don't. You know what I mean? Don't throw a pitchfork at us because we said this yeah. is going to be a growing period. I'm okay with that one. I'm okay with. And that to one. know that and understand that and to make logical moves, a mm-hmm. growing period can can be exciting. It can be. He said, "Build a solid line. Move Lenny. Bring in Jamal Williams. Decide on Trask. Definitely decide on Trask." Jamal Williams. Um, and that's not, that's not Trask hate, guys. That's just the fact that like if this team had faith in Trask, we would have seen him in more fourth quarter. Yeah, situations. we probably would have seen him by now. Yeah, we would have seen him in something. Yeah. yeah. I don't care how much Tom Brady wants to play football. He's not the future of this team anymore. This was, this was the time to see how much did he learn from Brady? How much did he, you know, how much did he learn? We didn't get to see that. And then when he we saw the Falcons game, he didn't even dress I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, no, inactive all freaking yeah. year long, just about. Yeah. Um, and then I'll close out with this one because most of them obviously say, you know, get rid of Leftwich, get rid of um, Bowles. Hit the reset button now. If a QB is in reach in the draft, Richardson. 
is one this particular guy has in mind. Be aggressive. If not, sit and pick best available. Clear big contracts ready to start building in 2024. So there's a good amount of fans that are just ready mentally for that rebuild phase. Exactly. There's other there's other ones that are like, hey, let's get rid of some of those veterans that we've had too much faith in and let's bring in some other players and move from there. This one gave me a great laugh. <laughs> Casey Hudson, Bucks advisor. Darden wouldn't have been collecting a paycheck for so long if you had your say. Hmm. I'm not going to say I was right. Prove is <laughs> <laughs> in the pudding right that. there. Prove is in the pudding yeah. right there. So fans, we love when you guys respond. We love hearing your, um, you know, how, what you guys think, what you guys feel at the end of the day, sports, football, this is, sports. you know, it's family. If we all get to talk about it, it's family. If we all get to live in the emotions of it, ride the roller coaster that is the bucks or whatever team that you support. But that is what it is. It's, it's emotions. It's camaraderie. It's uh, agreements. It's civil disagreements. Don't get out of hand because it is a sport at the end of it all.